Don't call me arrogant because what I, I'm saying is true. I'm not one of of the bottle. I'm a, I think I'm a special one. You don't seem that happy that you've won. More than you believe. More than you believe I'm happy. It's already sh So you have not to say uh, I saw it was sh So you can try to... Um, yeah, that would help in a game like this. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Oh, you know already before you ask, that's a sh question. I like that, that, is, that you still ask it. You don't have to, you don't have to. I'm so happy, believe me. I'm so happy, happy new year. Lions, they don't compare themselves with humans. Three for me and two for them. Respect, 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 man, respect, respect. What's up? What's up? What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the second episode of the Touchline Band. As always, I am your host, baby, the Gutsy Greek, and I'm joined by my favorite dude. What's up, Bri? How you doing, man? I am pumped. I'm ready to go. I have some thoughts about uh, the footy that we saw today and also upcoming, but overall in a very good mood, uh, so hoping to keep it going. Yeah, I got to tell you. Uh, I'm not really in that good of a mood. If you told me that Manchester City were going to advance, I would have been thrilled. Uh, really not pleased with this performance whatsoever. I have a ton of thoughts. Um, we're just going to jump right into this here. I'm going to start off with the goalies because mm -hmm. my biggest issue was when I looked at the starting lineup, I didn't have a huge problem with what Manchester City were doing. Uh, I was wondering, why is Ortega in? And then it kind of brought me to the point of why do we have this thing where we need cup goalies and regular goalies? Like, especially a team like Manchester city where I love Edison, but he doesn't really work that hard. Why does he need a day off? I mean, I would argue the idea of a cup goalie one again is rest because goalies do go through a hell of a lot of it. And their training is definitely very, very intense. But I also think that there's moments where you kind of, put your squad together in a way that says we're winning this game, no matter what, this is what, you know, we're putting our best foot forward, et cetera. And again, with the cup goalie thing, it makes a little bit of sense if you were rotating like at all, but I mean, city put out all guns blazing. They were ready to come out, win this game, win it big. I mean, yeah. Like it wasn't the absolute best that you had to offer, but I mean, when you compare it to what Arsenal put out, I would say city clearly was saying we want this W. We're going to need to have a conversation about this because this is another thing that's been talked about a whole lot here. Um, I think people really need to pump the brakes on the great lineup that Manchester City played. We didn't play anybody in our back four. Our yeah. entire back four was gone, okay? There's no Ruben Dish, who's one of the best defenders in the world. Uh, Laporte didn't come in until John Stones got hurt. Kyle Walker and Jao Cancelo, none of our back four decided to go play. Okay, yeah. so let's pump the brakes on this Manchester City lineup that people were going bananas about. Um, I mean, I I got to jump in. Yes, I agree. I was speaking more up front. I think that the, you know, Mares, De Bruyne, Holland, and Gunduan lineup, you know, I think that's definitely going for it. But again, that being said, I 100% concede that you weren't playing your strongest lineup. I just think that... The cup goalie thing is has always been a thing, and I think the biggest reason for it is literally rest, but also because of the fact that 
every other position for the most part gets rotated in a way that you can see people's experience that you can see, you know, whether or not you have someone to keep for the future, whether or not, you know, you believe in them. So I think that's kind of what started it, especially against weaker opponents. But when you're coming up against an Arsenal side, that's in such good form, you know, maybe you don't do that, but I know at least in United's history, you always stick with your cup keeper. Yeah. That being said, um credit to Ortega he was the man of the match today there was no debate to this he was fantastic he's the only reason that Manchester City won that game made a tremendous save on Tomiyasu early um I forgot who put in another shot I believe it was Trossard ripped one and he made another tremendous save his positioning was excellent the entire time and also uh, I love to take jabs at Americans on this show you guys are gonna learn uh, credit to Matt Turner. Matt Turner was absolutely fantastic. And it wasn't that he made any big saves. It was the fact his positioning was fantastic. Mm-hmm. He knew that Holding had no chance to keep it close with Holland. And he was in the right position time and time again, especially after one where Holding basically wets himself as he just hears Holland's footsteps. And Holland was so surprised that the ball came to him that he didn't know what to do. And then he ends up going for the Zlatan. Dude, when he did the bicycle kick for the Zlatan, I jumped out of my seat, ready to go ballistic, and I was so pissed when it didn't go in. No. I mean, it would have been a hell of a thing, but yeah, it wasn't. I didn't think it was as close as that. Uh, No, it wasn't close by any stretch, but like when I saw him lining up for it, I said, oh my Lanta, he's going to pull something special. (laughs) Hey, fair enough. I mean, again, like this is what we were talking about, right? So this was kind of a statement game for City. Arsenal, they seem to kind of put a little bit more into it than I thought they would. But that being said, I think we come away from this in the exact same place we were before the game. It's like, yeah, City won on like maybe one of the worst shots I've ever seen. Like I felt like you and I could have run from here in America to England and stopped that ball in time. But Credit to Ake, you got to be there, you got to take the shot to score it, so fair enough. I also think City were the deserved winners of the game. I think overall they dominated, um, you know, what was more dangerous possession, even though possession was pretty similar. Um, Shots on target were very similar. But what I saw from Arsenal was just a kind of, not an arrogance, but a confidence in just we know that we're in this game uh, the entire 90 minutes, and... The only thing that I really didn't like from Arsenal that you haven't seen much of recently was they seem to get a little bit uh, antsy, picking up ticky-tack fouls. I think they had a couple of yellow cards in the game as well to go with it. You don't like seeing that, but overall, I think we're in the same spot where Arsenal looked pretty damn good and City looked like they could be better. Couldn't agree more except with the point that I think Arsenal were the better team. Hands down, they were the better team. Uh, My cousin actually called me at halftime. He goes, are you watching the game? What do I bet in the second half? Because like an idiot, I have the over and that's clearly dead. And I said, dude, this is one of these games. Arsenal is by far the better team right now. They deserve to win the game, but I'm sure we'll find a way to nick it one nothing. And that's exactly what we did. Um, So, I mean, listen, you you can never be upset with a loss. Yeah, I mean, that that's like the kind of ball luck that Arsenal's been getting a little bit this year is they've been finding ways to win it kind of in those close matches. They've been the ones getting over the line. But at the end of the day, I fully expected City to come out here and win this one, two, three nil, as we talked about on the pod on Monday. Like my bet was minus one. So, you know, I got the push with that. But at the same time, this was not 
the statement I thought it would be from City. And at the same time, it was Arsenal saying, you know, yeah, it was an L, but at the same time, we're right there with you the whole game. Yeah, that was a really good loss, if that's a thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, that's a, that's a loss that came away from there. Just yeah. like, yeah, we got these dudes. Like, I mean, and it goes back to you and I both agree that Arsenal, and they don't give a shit about anything but the league anymore because now they're in a position where I think even Arsenal and Arsenal fans are starting to believe this this could be our year. Yeah, I mean, listen, Arsenal fans have seen – it's the thing like Manchester City with the Premier League. I've seen it a 100 times. Yeah. I enjoy it every time, but, like, I don't really need it that much anymore. I want the Champions League. And for Arsenal, it's – Arsenal fans have seen them win the FA Cup. Arsene Wenger loved the FA Cup for years. Mm-hmm. They've seen it. They enjoy it. They'd love to win it. But number one for them right now is the Premier League, and uh, I can't really blame them. Yeah. Hey, I love enough. the FA Cup, though. I personally think that there's three major trophies for any English side, and it's the Prem, it's the FA Cup, and obviously Champions League. I think the FA Cup, because of what it means so much to English football and what it does so much for the different divisions that they have, like the fact that, you know, a team like Manchester United with all the history, with all the stars and the money, they're going to go to somewhere like Grimsby Town or Wrexham, you know, like, and they'll play a competitive football match there. It's not an exhibition. It's something that matters. I think it's absolutely huge in a way that, you know, other countries have tried to emulate, but the FA Cup definitely has a lot of uh, clout behind it. Have you watched the Wrexham documentary? No, I'm boycotting it. Ooh, why are you boycotting that? Uh, mostly jealousy because the idea of just being able to buy a football team <laughs> in the UK would be incredible. Uh, but also because there's so much other sport that I'm watching on a day-to-day basis that I like. I don't really give a shit about a Welsh side owned by a Canadian and a guy from Philly. Fair enough. Uh, Got to give some credit to Netflix, though. They have been coming out with some real good uh, sports documentaries. Mm. I've been a huge, huge fan. Uh, they did a really good job with the Louis. Again, football. it's jealousy. Like, I'm ad- I'm admitting I want to own a football team. <laughs> like, that'd be Jesus. Yeah, that would be a blast. And if uh, fee for manager mode is anything that we can base this off of, I would make a lot of money if I owned a <laughs> if I owned a team. So, yeah, I got to get on that. Uh, maybe we can go half season on one. Yeah, let's but- do that. Let's go halves on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All we need is just, you know, one one big hit and we'll be golden. I love betting on the FA Cup, dude, because it Absolutely. always presents these opportunities where you're going to see the smaller team play a bigger team, and you always get massive, massive odds on this. Like a perfect example, uh, you know, you guys are probably listening to it in the morning. This game may be over by the time you listen to it, but like Walsall and Leicester, right? You mm-hmm. have Leicester City, everybody expects them to dominate, but Walsall's at home, anything could happen against a Leicester team that hasn't been all that great. And like, whether you like them or not, plus 650 is a real nice number. It's a real good number. Like there are a lot of good numbers on the board. Who's the biggest dog you have pulling an upset? That's a tough one because there's a couple of dogs that I do like, but in terms of the biggest dog that I think actually has a chance, I mean, I okay, let's be real here. Cards on the table. I don't think they're going to fucking win, but I, immediately off the top of my head, I have to say Preston because they're playing against Spurs, and oh. Spurs are in probably the worst form of any side in like the – quote big six like i mean i just can't trust in spurs anymore so i would say at plus 700 and i've seen it on books up to eight like that is some like the fact that you can get you know plus one at uh 200 i've seen it's just 
I don't trust anything about Spurs. I don't see that happening, you know, but at the same time, if it was going to happen to a big side, I definitely say Spurs are the one I would target, but the actual dog that I do love and I already have units on is Ipswich town because they're bossing it up in league one. I absolutely love their ability to score. Burnley is not a side that is scoring freely. I just think this is a game that is going to have chaos in it. And I think that if you give me two sides, one can score, one is a little bit of trouble, and you know there's going to be goals, give me the side that can score. That's Ipswich Town. I'm taking them at plus 210 for sure. Like that play a bunch. Uh, big fan of what Ipswich Town has been up to. I actually have a Premier League side going down tomorrow. I think Fulham loses tomorrow. Okay. I think Fulham is going to lose. By the way, we're recording this on uh, Friday, but I fully expect Sunderland to come out. Fulham are kind of sort of in this Arsenal position where they're doing so well in the league. It's almost a detriment if they continue to get forward in the FA Cup. Hmm. Like, Fulham have yeah. a chance to play in Europe next year, like a legitimate chance to play in Europe next year. I think that's going to be their focus. I don't expect to see a ton of their starters on the field. You have a Sunderland team that is really starting to play well. They haven't lost on the road in their last eight matches. They've been mm. scoring a ton of goals. And again, I'll be shocked to see Mitrovic on the field tomorrow just because Mitrovic, uh, he's been kind of banged up. You'll probably see Vinicius. Uh, and if Vinny's up there, I like Vinny. He's good, but he's the type of striker that really needs service. I don't know where the service is going to come from uh, with Fulham second strings in the game. So I'm looking at this one. I really think Sunderland has a shot to shock everybody. Okay. All right. I mean, hey, that absolutely, I'm on board with it. I'm not a believer in Fulham on the whole. I think in general, they're because they've been scoring in the Prem they're given a lot more credit by the books than I think they deserve because they're pretty shocking in defense. But similarly, uh, not in that game, but a game I'm targeting is Leeds and Accrington. Uh, just because, again, it's like two teams that are going to go after it. I think the line, I'm looking at it right now, the live line is three and two quarters. So, uh, or excuse me, three and a quarter. So, I mean, you obviously are going to have goals in this game. I think they're expecting something like a 3-1 game, but it wouldn't surprise me if Accrington got something out of this. Uh, so getting that draw or getting Accrington plus one, plus one and a half, especially at plus money, I think that could be a worthy one as well. Because again, as much as Leeds can score, they can't help but give up goals. And anytime a team doesn't have defense, madness can happen and that is something I always look to target, even if that just means taking like both teams to score. One of my absolute favorite combo props on planet Earth is taking I a team I think will crush and parlaying that with both teams to score. Tomorrow, Leeds and both teams to score is plus 170. Well worth the money to me. I absolutely hate the both teams to score because every time I take that prop, it seems to be a <laughs> 4 nothing final. <laughs> and it's the most irritating thing on Earth. I really do my best not to be fancy on this stuff. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, this slate, I'm enjoying it, but, like, I'm not over the moon about it. One one game I do kind of like, I might lay a couple goals with United tomorrow. If I get a good lineup, mm. I think United can run Reading out of the building. Reading have been piss poor defensively. Um, yeah. United, obviously, coming forward has been really, really good. Any word of Sancho is going to play? I heard a little rumor that he may be playing. So I know he's back training, obviously, which is a huge, huge sign. Uh, he's back training. He's training with the first team as well, which is massive. But I'm not sure if he'll make an appearance tomorrow. Like, uh, you know, obviously I follow all the chats and, you know, message rooms and all that shit. 
Um, haven't heard anything like that. I think if anything, it would be the following week. Uh, but if he's available, it would be a great kind of soft landing for him to come back. Um, and if he does, I mean, I'm all about it. Cause I really do believe in Sancho. I think that if he's in a good place mentally, his talent is there. We just need to foster it. And I think again, obviously, you know, my thoughts on Ten Hag, but I think that he would be in a position <laughs> to be well supported by a team that has the belief that they can get something done in the FA cup. Shout out to everybody that was following us on TikTok. They commented on it. We had a big debate uh, in the first episode, whether it's who we like better, Arteta or Ten Hag. And a lot of people seem to side with me, which I greatly appreciate because it doesn't happen all that often. I'm sure you guys will turn on me <laughs> in no time. Uh, I had a couple people on other videos telling me the guy in the blue hoodie is an idiot. So that was more like it. There. <laughs> there. But, I will yeah. say this. I will say this. I have to be more specific. In the United situation, at United, I would rather have Ten Hag than Arteta. But we're not talking about that anymore. No. You won. Fine. Take it. Take it and yes. leave. I'm, I won. I won. That's right, baby. Uh, honestly, my favorite bet of the weekend, though, has to be Sunday morning. Oh. There's no doubt in my mind that Liverpool come out, and they're going to kick the snot out of Brighton because, again, I mean, Brighton, this line is insane. Brighton are out there. It feels they... like the most rat line. I mean, how, like... I've been talking myself out of emptying the fucking bankroll on it. Like, oh no! How do you not bet Liverpool at plus one fifty? Brighton, yes, they're in stunning form. Yes, they're scoring now. Whereas last year, their biggest problem—they had all the chances, they just couldn't put it away. Yes, Liverpool, especially their upfront unit, cannot hit the broadside of a fucking barn. But plus one fifty against Brighton in their only shot at a fucking cup this year. I mean. You have to think that Klopp, that that entire team is putting everything they have into this game because it is, the, it is their only shot at any silverware in what is, I mean, objectively a disaster of a season. Bingo. 100%. And again, Brighton kind of sort of in the Arsenal position. Arsenal Fulham. We just talked about it. They're doing so well in the league. You know, it may be a bit of a pipe dream, but all they really have to play for right now is try to play for Europe. They have a chance to go do it. Okay, they still have the talent to go out there and do it. So why the think hell about this? Let me let me talk. present to you a, a statistic because I was looking this up in the game because I just I cannot I, like I'm trying to talk myself out of it. The fucking PK line is minus one fifteen. Like with even some safety, that's an incredible number. Think about this. Brighton currently sitting six in the table. You know they've had a glorious season. I mean, an absolutely unreal season. Liverpool, you and I both would agree, and I think the world would, this is just a disaster of a year. Am I correct in saying that? Yes. Liverpool have only scored three less goals than Brighton so far in the same amount of games played and given up two goals less than Brighton. So on paper, on goal difference, there's only one goal between them. And the fact that Liverpool's been such a mess and Brighton's been riding so hot, the idea that that can continue, it's like both will regress to the mean, right? Liverpool will regress back to being a little bit better than they are. Brighton will regress back to being a little bit worse than they are because they're both in complete opposite sides of the spectrum of how good their football really is. Especially, and this is another thing that I'm thinking, is Brighton has to be thinking, again, you know, this is a business first. It's all money-based. They have to be thinking that this far into the season, almost halfway, if they can hold on to a Europe spot, 
I mean, that's just massive for their club. So again, it's like Liverpool, desperate to have some silverware this year. Brighton, kind of giving two shits about the FA Cup and thinking about the league. Like, it's just a situational spot, which is dangerous to get yourself into thinking. But on paper, these teams are the exact same. And then if you look at the lineups, obviously the talent of Liverpool, even though they're a little bit older, I'll take that every time. I feel very strongly on this question. I'm going to ask it to you, and then I'm going to tell you what I think. Would you rather bet Liverpool on the money line at plus 150 or Liverpool at a pick at minus 110? I mean, shit. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bitch out on this answer. I would say I would rather put a full, full unit, unit and a half on the money line. But what I'm already probably going to do is put three units on the PK. There's one correct answer for me, and it is always take the pick and go heavier on the pick. If you're ready to commit a couple units to that money line, that's beautiful. It's a good number. I'd rather put five units on a pick because Liverpool ain't losing this game. The one thing I hate about the FA Cup is this stupid replay thing. You get into this position where it's the 85th minute, and both teams are just like, screw it. Let's not screw it up here. Yeah. The one thing I hate, I'm taking Liverpool to pick. I'm putting a bunch of units on it. I hope I'm filthy rich, and I'm gonna. It's gonna be a great Sunday. It's yeah. gonna be a great start to the Sunday. Okay. And again, like like I said, it's just I'd put more on the pick because of this stupid bullshit that Liverpool's been doing, and you can't really trust them. But again, I just can't bring myself to say I genuinely, in my heart, believe that they are going to lose to a Brighton side that has been riding so hot. I just it. It would just be literally curtains on the season. Close it up. Shut it down. Fucking send everyone home from the cop. Like, I mean, what are you doing even at that point? It's it's over for me. I'm done with Liverpool. Not that I ever was on them, but they they have to put in the work when it comes to Sunday. Liverpool's actually become my FIFA team when I play online. Jesus. I'm unstoppable with them. I believe my record with them right now is 32 and 4. Wouldn't that be nice in the land of make-believe? Liverpool was good again for all you fans over there. Wow. Garbage. You've been following what's going on with Moises Caicedo? Yeah. I mean, I I, I hate that you brought this up. I'm going to – no, we're pausing that. We're pausing that for one second because I'm going to tell you one more bet that I'm doing that I think is worth a shot and I think people should look into. But – that I just because I'm a homer and once we get into this, I'm going to be so sad. So I have to say it now, but I genuinely think <laughs> something to uh, look at is about vague horse to score a goal in the United game. Ooh. I can't see Marcus Rashford playing. If he does, he'll come on at halftime to try and save the day about vague horse. I think is going to get service all damn day against a Reading defense who give up all kinds of cross balls in about Veghorst, I'm seeing him. That plus United to win at plus 300, give me it. Anyway, on to what you were saying about Kaiser. No, 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 no. Now you've piqued my interest. What's right. Veghorst the score normal? Just straight well, up. Uh, let me look it up. I got it right here. I'm so sorry. Uh, ah, here we go. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Oh, my God. For a second there, I almost just emptied my bankroll on something. Uh, <laughs> why have I lost it? To score a goal is plus 175. 
Oh, but it goes up to 300 if you take United to win. That's what I'm seeing right here. That seems crazy. Why would it be with United as like a minus 700 favorite? Yeah, I'll take United to win. I'll pay that. I'll take the 300 juice there. Yeah, that seems wild. Yep. That seems like a huge mistake. Sign me up. Now talk anyway. to football Moises Caicedo here because I love this story. Yeah. I mean, it's so sad. Like, you want to look at good football business. Look at what Arsenal are doing right now. They're spending extremely intelligently. They're spending the right amount of money on the right players. They're giving Arteta what he needs to improve his squad in areas that they're deficient. It's just by the book. Hey, like you want to know how to build a good football team? Do what they're doing right now. And it pains me to say that because I'd love to say Manchester United are doing that for Ten Hag, saying here's the money you need to improve the areas you need to improve. But they're not. They're being dickheads about it. I mean, and also Caicedo, what a player. Uh, he's he's someone that I believe will immensely, immensely improve that side. And again, it just shows that, you know, you have a club that truly believes in what's going on and obviously believes in Arteta at the helm. The part of the Moises Caicedo story that I absolutely love is the fact that it feels like Chelsea and Arsenal are officially having a pissing contest with each other yet again <laughs> for the third time. And you know what? I can't get enough of this. And my favorite part of this entire story is going to be when Manchester City just dives in in the summer and says, no, 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 he's ours. Come here. I can't. I love the fact that these two are getting into a pissing contest. So this is now the third time they're in a pissing contest. It was Jao Felix. Chelsea won that pissing contest. Then it was Mihail Mudrik. That entire story still blows my mind. Chelsea win that one. Arsenal are due to win a pissing contest, but unfortunately Manchester City are going to come in and grab the next Yaya Toure. I just wonder, like, do you think, and I, I always think this as well, like, do you think that it's one of those things where he knows what he's doing, Caicero? Like, do you think that's the plan? Or do you think that this is just like something that, Chelsea or excuse me, Arsenal can't get deals over the line. Like what's, what's going on here? I think Arsenal have a number in their head um, for all the players. And this is exactly how it should be. There should be a cutoff yeah. number. Uh, and again, we talked about this last week. It's on our TikTok. Uh, how the American that came in and saved soccer and thinks that he knows everything because he has more money than everybody else. And in reality, we know that's not how soccer works. That is not how the premier league works. Just because you have a lot of money, eventually it's going to catch up with them. <laughs> I just, I can't imagine them getting the Caicedo deal done. Um, and I'm really starting to get sick of Chelsea, dude. I, I, I mean, Jesus Christ, they need to chill the fuck out with their spending. It's intense, man. Like they, they offered what, like 55 million pounds for Caicedo that was turned down. Yeah. Like it's just ridiculous what they're spending. What, what is the final number that Brighton gets for Caicedo? Considering that this is now a pissing match. It, okay, so I think the biggest thing is if they genuinely believe that they are going to be able to keep him at the level he's playing at right now for the rest. Like, if they have to get rid of him in this window, I think it's going to hit just under 70, maybe, you know, like around that 65 to 70 mark. I think if it gets to the summer, then... It entirely like they're risking it on his season is he going to continue to perform is he going to stay healthy it's one of those things where you know you can get 70 million now or if he stays in the exact same form you could probably get around 85 i i can't see it going higher than that i really can't but you could get more but if 
anything happens, his fucking performances start to dip. He gets injured, obviously. You've just lost 70 million and left it on the table. And you know that you're not keeping him because he was the one who asked Brighton to let him leave. So you know you're losing him. It's about whether or not you genuinely believe for the next five months, for the next 26 matches, not including if you make an FA Cup run and et cetera, et cetera. Are you going to keep him healthy? Is he going to stay in this white hot form? Or do you sell him now for 70 million and say, thank you very much. Let's go get a bunch of players that we didn't have that we need from the championship in League One. If the price is 70 million, I think Arsenal will get the deal done in the next uh, next couple of days, I should say. I hope so. Uh, me too, because that would be a massive boost to that midfield. And if they go out and get Moises Caicedo, I think that's the point I start taking them seriously. Uh, I don't yeah. think they go up there, though. Uh, and like I said, I think Manchester City swoop in for about 80 million in the summer and go grab them. I mean, for me as well, it's just like one, and this is just in general across the board. If a player asks to leave and you say no in any capacity, like, oh, let's just wait till the summer or something like that, you're just playing with fire of like, and we've all seen it guys that say, I want to go, clubs that hold on to them because they either want more money or say you're under contract. And their football just tanks or it becomes a cancer in the locker room, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just like, I think Brighton are not in a position. What, Like no offense to Brighton. Brighton's a great side, great story, but you're not winning the league. You're not winning the champions league. Like why would you risk 70 million pounds? Like, I just, I don't understand that mentality from a club that maybe you might squeeze another 10 and that would be huge, but what would be better for your side? Getting 70 million pounds, making some transfers right now in the window and getting top six, getting top seven, or maybe getting top six and seven, losing your best player, arguably. And then, I mean, you're betting on the fact that he stays healthy. You know, like, yeah, he's young. He's only 21. So I think he probably would. But again, it's a gamble. I think we kind of got our answer last week when they sold Trossard. Um Well, I mean... Yeah. I mean, okay. Sorry. Going back to betting, because this is the most important thing that we're fucking talking about. <laughs> what do you think that locker room's like right now going in against Liverpool? You think that Caicero has said he wants to leave. You just lost Leandro Trossard. I mean, that, that locker room's probably like, I mean, who's fucking next? What are we going to do? We have nobody anymore. Like there's yeah. gotta be a little bit of that, you know, niggling feeling of like, Don't yeah, we got too good good. pardon. Don't forget about Graham Potter. Get the fuck out of here with Graham Potter. <laughs> Graham Potter, the brilliant mind that Chelsea came and swooped in to save the day. Graham Potter. What a dickhead. I hate that guy. I I actually love him because it's Chelsea and like Chelsea can get fucked. I don't care. But like him and Gareth Southgate, I just, I don't understand why they're given the jobs they're given. Like constantly, constantly. It's just incredible to me. It's mind-blowing, dude. I like, And this guy has just walked into the best situation ever and still won't be able to figure it out. Like, imagine having no, yeah, And you know what fucking pisses me off is you've been given a blank check. You've bought all these people that have done fuck all and, and management hasn't, hasn't thought maybe, oh, like... And you know what's even crazier is that their fans are literally being brainwashed. Like, you and I have a good friend who's a Chelsea fan... And he has started to say on social media publicly, like, oh, well, I mean, Tuchel couldn't do it, and they couldn't do it, and now Potter couldn't do it. And, oh, maybe maybe it's the player. No, no, 
No, you can't be that bad for that long and buy all these players and start to tank and say it's on the players, especially when half your fucking side is new. No, what that is is tactical. That is entirely managerial. That's about how you motivate players, especially when it comes to goal scoring. I mean, let's be real here. What happened to Chelsea? I think we all know and we don't want to admit it. It's Timo Werner. As soon as they got him. Oh. And I don't blame Timo Werner. I just say that was the catalyst. That was this shiny new toy that doesn't really fit what we need, but we're going to get him anyway. And then as soon as they got him, since then, all they've done is just continue to buy and buy players for ridiculous prices that don't actually improve their squad. And what is happening? They're fucking taking a train one way down into the seventh circle of football hell. Wow. That was, that's why you're a writer, buddy. No, that's why I'm a football fan because I love to see it. And you know what? United did that a year ago when we're like, oh, you know who's going to solve all our problems? The biggest megalomaniac in the entire world of football. And then he comes in and what happens? Everyone fucking gets fucked up. <laughs> feel better yeah i feel a little bit better and that's what pisses me off about this whole kaisero arsenal thing is because oh look at a bunch of young people buying into a method that's why i love ten hog they're all buying into ten hog like you need more of that when pep came into city it was so crazy to me because i was like mancini just won the league how are you getting rid of him but then it's like oh wait like no you need a whole squad of guys that are buying into a system by their manager, not just a bunch of good players that happen to win. Yeah. Yeah, you do. They Fuck. bought them the system. <laughs> they feel good. No, it feels terrible. I haven't won the league in a decade. Do you know how hard that is for me growing oh, up? It's been longer fan? than that. Stop that. It's been longer than that. 2013, baby. How many? 2013. 10 years. That's it? Yeah. Oh, that's disappointing. It'll be another 10. They're not close. No, no, no. No, <laughs> no, no, I'm not worried about that. They're not hey, close. hey, you know what, though? What is good is, is it's only been, oh, Jesus, wow, actually, I say only. It's only been 15 years since we won the Champions League. God, man, lucky you guys won it. Oh, oh, my bad. Sorry. <laughs> Enjoy rubbing that in for the next couple months. That's all I have. That's all I have. <laughs> hey, you know what else we almost won? The Europa League? <laughs> the pain of being a United fan. Dude, honestly, when you started that Chelsea rant, I was trying to figure out, I was like, what friend is he talking about? I have... I have... Oh, come on, JMP, my homie. I know, I know. I realized it afterwards. It's JMP. JMP, I don't, I don't know if JMP loves me anymore. There are times I text JMP <laughs> and like, he doesn't text me back. Do you talk to JMP? Uh, only, only on uh, the socials, but I mean, he's a busy man, wife, kid, coaching football, his football team's incredible. They yeah. just went like undefeated, like unreal stuff he's doing as a coach. So he's got the little giants out there. Pardon? He's got the little giants out there. I know. Well, I mean, better than the giants, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, hopefully he's got somebody better than Danny Dimes back there. His team probably could have hung a few more points on the Eagles. I, no, thank you. That was nice. Speaking of which, I, like, you know, I know we got to wrap it up and stuff. And, and this is a, a football show. But who you got this weekend? Real quick. Go. Uh, this weekend, I'm going to go with Chiefs and I'm going to take the Eagles. All right. It's going to be an Andy Reid special in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Fair enough. Anybody I but the it. Bengals. Anybody but the Bengals. Anybody but the Bengals. 
anybody but the goddamn Dolphins. I hope Mahomes I mean, shoves it down their throat. The fact that he's practicing like a full participant in practice is ridiculous. The I love how Pat McAfee was analyzing his step off of the uh, off the podium the other day. That was oh, you see, I mean, we're in a whole new era of like people do that. I saw that the other day when uh, Martial came off. People were looking at him walking off the field and saying like, oh, well, because he put a little bit more pressure on this, that could be a this and blah, blah, blah. It's like that kind of intense social media analysis is just like, first of all, who fucking cares until the doctor says what it is? Like, why are you tripping? But also, I mean, we've just gone down a rabbit hole of trying to talk ourselves into any narrative that we want. Here's a key question. I don't think we've ever talked about this. Are you into wrestling at all? I'm into wrestling in the way that I am into entertainment. I think it's a fantastic product. Oh, yeah. It's it's nothing more than a TV show. It's like the Kardashians on steroids. It, but it's incredibly well done. And the biggest thing that I love about it is that I used to be really into wrestling. I've I've since just like sports have taken over my life. But I will say it's rare you get people so committed to being so physically active and and the choreography and everything about it is so impressive and on top of that they make it really fun the drama is great script so i i can't Who's deny the royal rumble this weekend huh who wins the royal rumble this weekend for the guys you know i mean the biggest thing for me is that <laughs> i love the fact that they were shouting out the niners like i'm all about that um <laughs> i don't know are you looking, looking up the betting right odds now? right now no Oh, I dude, mean, do you not bet on the anytime Rumble? Brock Lesnar is involved. Do you not bet on the Rumble? No, I can't. I hate. I can't bet on things that I don't watch. Oh, that's insanity, dude! I locked in Sami Zayn a couple weeks ago. I got him at plus four fifty. Um, he was going up. The Rock's number was up there at one point. Then you had um, Cody Rhodes is still the favorite. Sami Zayn now down to plus two hundred. I feel like I got a real good price on that. And then yeah. my girl Rhea Ripley who is insanely attractive without makeup, uh, all over Rhea Ripley. You can still find her at even money these days. Those are my two Royal Rumble picks. By far, my favorite event to bet of the year. And all right. I, I'm Shit. so sad because my best friend in the world, he's marrying this girl, and Emily is great, and we all love her, and she's part of the family. She's awesome, but she's from Buffalo. So now every year... In the Royal Rumble, she takes my best friend away, and it's very sad, and it's very upsetting because now I have to go to a freaking Jack and Jill baby shower tomorrow instead of watching the Royal Rumble like I want to do. It's all your fault, Emily. It's all your fault. Oh, R.I.P. Well, I will say this. She doesn't have any other sport to watch. Oh. Oh, she's a huge Bills fan, by the way. (laughs) I mean, yeah, she's from Buffalo, I imagine so. But Massive Bills fan. To the point, I had a surprise 30th, right. and it was wild card weekend. So there was a runny joke that, like, Dolphins Bills were playing. If, by chance, the NFL put it on Saturday night, neither of us was showing up to my fucking surprise party. Like, there was no chance. Although, in, in retrospect, you're probably like, yeah, I could have done with that. I mean, I feel bad. I wanted – I like I like the Bills a lot, but that sucks. Uh, the Bills, the Bills got me good last weekend. The the Bills, Bills got everyone good, man. I needed one more touchdown out of the Bills. Um, I can tell you more. The highest scoring game this weekend. The highest scoring game this weekend. Um, that's a tough one. It's got to be Chiefs Bengals, right? 
I don't know. My I'm like, I, okay, obviously, I'm a diehard Niners fan. I have been fucking my whole life. Grew up there. I like obviously the Eagles are easily the best team we've faced, and vice versa, we're the best team that they face. But like, I could not pretend to guess what is going to happen in this game. We could blow out the Eagles. They could blow out us. It could be 34-31. It could be 19-12. Like, who fucking knows? Like, Uh, I know the entire world, all of sports media is like, oh, the Eagles are going to fucking kill them. They have no chance. Brock Purdy sucks, blah, 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 blah. But, like, genuinely, as a fan, which is completely removing any logic, I could not tell you which way this is going to go. Like, uh, I had a feeling about the Cowboy game. I had a feeling about the Seahawks game. This one... No idea. It's all it's all up in the air. It's all. I'm, I'm I was tripping. actually in Ames for Brock Purdy's first start, um, really? and I have to tell you that dude has a cult following. They were cheering for Brock Purdy uh, from Iowa State. They were cheering for Brock Purdy like you wouldn't believe, dude. Like he was one of their own. They were cheering harder for Brock Purdy for the 49ers than they were for Iowa State game at that point. Dude, I love that guy. I'm I'm all in on him. I think that I just love what I've seen. But moreover, and what I think is most important is like, I'm perfectly happy. He doesn't need to be Mahomes. He doesn't need to be Joe Burrow because that's not the way our team is built. It's not built around a central talent that is our QB. However, I do like the fact that every time I've heard him speak, you can tell a lot about how people deal with success. And the way he deals with success is saying, I'm a piece of it. I am a cog in the wheel that is our success. And that kind of attitude means that you're willing to rely on other people to help you. You're also willing to take the load yourself. And that's such a big thing because when it comes to crunch time and you need a touchdown, you're not going to play hero ball. But if you need to, you will. You need to make a big pass, you'll go for it. If you need to hand it off because that's what, the, you know, is the right thing to do, you will. Like, I think that's a really big thing. And same with Jalen Hurts. Like, it sucks that the Eagles are there because I like the Eagles team a lot. But like Jalen Hurts was drafted, what, 54th? And people thought he was garbage and like wasn't worth it. And then this year balled out, obviously. And it's just like, yeah, this is an electric guy that a lot of people didn't give a chance after his first year. And look what he's doing. I love Jalen Hurts. I've always loved Jalen Hurts. Right I there. actually called Jalen Hurts going. But have you year, have you year. seen all the um, like everyone's posting about it? The Iowa State Oklahoma game between Jalen Hurts and Brock Purdy. I have. I have. Electric. Like I mean, it was forty two, forty one, just like. I think Brock Purdy had six touchdowns. Jalen Hurts had five, like just incredible classic college football, zero defense, two QBs balling out. That being said, I love the under this weekend. Uh, I think the Eagles 49ers, I think they both have good defenses. More importantly, whenever the Eagles and 49ers do score, they usually take a bit to do it. I think that just favors the under there. It's probably my favorite bet of the weekend. There you go. Um Footy stuff. We got, we got any more footy stuff to talk about? No, I, I got to bounce. Yeah, we're going to be back Monday. We have a brand new episode for you guys on Monday. We're going to talk about everything in that fake cup. We're going to talk about the week to come. Hopefully, a little Moises Caicedo news kind of breaks when we find out. What's that your our- best bet? Best bet this weekend? Yeah, tell me. Ooh. Talking value or we're talking just straight up winner? Straight up best bet. If you had 100 bucks, what are you putting it on? Uh, give me Sunderland plus half a goal plus 160. Love it. I absolutely love, love that play and dabble on that money line, folks. Actually, you know what? One thing, one last thing. Uh, big, big money lines like that, especially on certain books, 
it's actually better to go with a draw no bet. So I think the draw no bet's around plus 500. So you have that insurance if it is a tie. Um, so yeah, so you <laughs> sacrificed a little bit, but it could make a world of difference there. I really, really like that. So get on that, folks. Uh, this has been the second episode of the Touchline Band. It's been an absolute pleasure. I'm your boy, Leo. Make sure you follow me on Twitter, at the Gutsy Greek. That's Brian. We love him. He's at Fade My Play. Uh, next week, maybe we'll get a little uh, JMP on here. We Absolutely. That'd be sick. Yeah, you know what? We should get JMP so I can yell at him. I know he'll be on in a heartbeat. Love JMP. Uh, hopefully he still loves me. All right, folks. <laughs> Bye.